0: The following is an old e book by called Inheritance Author Edward W. Ludwig. Blurb. He had been in a cave only for a short time it seemed. The funny most of the world he knew was gone left him with a strange inheritance by Edward W. Ludwig read by Mark Anthony Rains. It shone as pinpoint as a silver far away in the midnight blackness of the cave. It shone as a tiny island of life in the sea of death. It shone as a symbol of his mercy. Martin stood swaying, staring wide-eyed at a wonderful light, letting his image sink deep into his vision. His eyes lidded as consciousness faded for an instant then opened. We almost made it, grasped. We almost made it, Sandy. You and me in the park. His hands passed suddenly over the puppy, a soft, hairy ball. A loom wolf cradled his arm, and from out of the darkness his feet came a feeble bark. Martin choked on the ancient trail, still there. He can't stop now, Sandy wheeze. We were almost there, almost at the entrance. He shuffled forward over the cold, of floor, the volcano of thick, dead air, a solid thing of wall that pressed him back, back, back. The lake grew larger, extending like a balloon, and suddenly there was a scooting sh- of sh- 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 dog paws over stone and joyous frantic barking. That's right, Sandy, go ahead, breathe that air, that fresh air. Muddin staged at once his lean tall body thundering against a sharp rock and the side of the cave. A draught of air grew cool and fresh into his face, and strength returned to him. Abruptly he was at the source of the light of cave. Entrance of hole, whole belly large enough for him to squeeze through. A blinding light of the day fell upon him like a giant crushing sea wave. He closed his aching eyes and fell the cider rock screw hill, sucking the clean, sweet air deep into his lungs. Length he set up, holding the pup in his arms two days in that hole of hell he murmured. It's all your fault. A month old. You have to start exploring claims. He cupped his head. Still, I guess it's partly my fault. After all, I got lost too. Sandy and black and white fox terrier barked impatiently. OK, Sandy. OK, we'll go home. Suddenly, Lee, Martin rose. His mind was clear now. His fogginess washed away by the cool morning air. There was only hunger, that great gnawing hunger, the thirst that made his throat and mouth seem as dry as ancient parchment. He stood overlooking the valley below. It was green fields and little groves of trees. Realization came to him: Well was not wasn't so bad after all. Up to this moment, he almost hated the world its wars, its threats of destruction, its very warnings of atomic dust and plagues could wipe out humanity within an hour. He most certainly hated the cities with their burbling, rumbling automobile monsters with a mad, rushing, greedy, frantic, senseless, superficial living, without really not living at all. That is why he has chosen to live in a hill, country in the outskirts of that village, raising his few vegetables, and making a trip every few days to the village door, to purchase other necessaries with his pension check from World War II. And now he realised it's good to be alive, to be part of the green green things of Earth. Sandy barked again. OK, OK, Sandy, we'll go. But Sandy came sliding up to him now, tail between his legs. His barking faded to a low, shrill whimper. Sandy, what's the matter? What's wrong? Even the whimpering ceased. And there was silence. Marty stared at the dog, not understanding, till him came a feeling. Something was wrong, a nameless fear rose about him, within him. The cause of the fear was intangible. Look, looked just below the surface of consciousness. He took the fear, crushed it, pushed it back into the caverns of his mind. They held, and he forgot the things. Nothing wrong, he declared boldly. We're just time to hungry, it's all. He strode upon the quiet hillside. The walls of broad highway stretched across the valley, he sang. We're happy, so happy. Don't want to reach a star. We're happy, always happy, just the way we are. Strange, but that about that tune. He thought he hated pop music, but a regrettable moment of optimism. He once a second-hand battery video of the three days sanitation with two paces soap commercials. He could sign him in a story to a remote corner of the, of the woods of that of that to to all dubious products of civilization or then somehow stuck into his memory suddenly he stopped seeing as if some mystical pressure seemed in his throat stopping the flow of his words It's quite so incredibly alarming and terrifying quiet just ahead of him was the highway its gray smooth ribbon clearly visible through the thin wall of elms but there was no switch switch of speeding cars with no bird twitterings, no insect hummings, and no skitterings of squirrels at the bases of trees, and no droning grow- drover planes, there was only silence. He broke into the highway, for which was dotted with cars, and the cars were motionless. Some were were, um, were crushed, charred wrecks aside the, the road. Some had collided in the center of the road, to become an ugly mountain of twisted metal. I was simply part, but all those versions of us. Come on, Sandy, something's happened. Sandy wouldn't come. He arched his trembling little body across Martin's leg. Whimpering, Martin picked him up. Sandy, one arm, on. a drowsy eyed pup, the other. He walked to the nearest car, which appeared undamaged. There were three occupants a man, a woman, a girl child. They were sleeping. No wounds, no discolorations. Well, no flesh. And their fish, but their flesh was cold and cold. In no heartbeats they were dead. We don't want to go home yet, Martin said softly. We'll go to the village, he walked. He walked past a hundred and thousand silent cars and with silent occupants, past green meadows and were dotted with sun full of cattle and sheep and horses. There's a few Fear within him now, but even greater was a fear, was a numbness like a sleep inducing drug, a dulled mind and vision and hearing. He walked stiffly, automatically. He was afraid that bringing the and for thought and reason could bring only madness. At the village, he will find out what happened. He mumbled. At the village, he found out nothing because there was too there too was only a silence, a white, still, people. He was afraid to think the reason for fault and reason could bring only madness. The village he found out what happened, he mumbled. The village he found out nothing because there too was only a silence, of white, still, people. Perhaps in his city a moment. Yes, the city. The city was twenty miles away. He selected an automobile, one in which there would be no steel people. It'd been a long time since he'd driven nearly ten years. Those are the few moments as pumbling of resemblance came easily. With Sandy, a pup on the front seat behind him. He drove. The city was an ancient skull. There's no life, no reminder of life. There was no steel people, no automobiles, no movement and no sound. The towering white office buildings and broad avenues and theatres and parks all seemed hollow and unreal, like a deserted mirage, resolved with the nothingness of the whispering touch of a breeze. Marty mumbled, I reckon, Sandy, everybody left the city. They're headed for the country. What's that's why we passed so many cars. It's by the office of the Times. Maybe we can find out something in there. He said, come on, soft sandy pup. You will stay here. He walked to the car, parked the car and strode into the building, past desks, cabinets, typewriters, stacked bundles of newspaper. Then he saw the man. He was one of the silent men, drawn back in his chair, typewriter before him. He'd been t- writing evidently, but one with a stiff hand, white hand was still po- posed over the write keys. Martin read the typewritten words aloud written words aloud, the enemy has apparently underestimated the power of odorous, testers, gas, and nitro and plumb-bound. Extreme volatility has reached virtually every inch of the earth. The enemy is destroyed as much as we were destroyed. Gas marks and air filters would prove useless. The gas is highly unstable. More dis- should disagree within 40 hour hours. Yet, because of the suddenness of the attack, we can conclude only that humanity is... The message broke off. The only newsroom was like a tomb a burial of all mankind's accomplishments and frustrations, his good doings and evil doings, here in the moon was flows ceaseless as a river, the stories men's love, hate, struggle, fear, grasping, success, and disappointment. Side by side they lay in the labyrinth of fouls, the stories of miths, to divorce, the dictators to defeat, the saga of a child losing a pet, a scientist discovering a star, all equal now, skeletons of great men, little men, are all equal, all buried. he still drawers and sealed by silence. Marlin looked at the stiffened figure of the reporter. I wonder why you stayed. He mused. I wonder why you didn't flee like the others. Maybe you wanted to write the last news story ever written, most important one. Yes, I reckon that was it. Suddenly Martin walked out of the building and slid in the car. While Sonny welcomed him with a joy-filled barking, a tail waggling, and tried to lick his face, and the pup pretended to waddle across his legs. No, Sandy, don't, he started. Stared, suddenly through the windscreen. Everybody's gone, Sandy. every on earth, except me? His eyes widened slightly. Coarse, there might be somebody else somewhere. The gas never got to us in the cave. Maybe somebody else escaped somehow. He shook his head. Nope, no use hoping for that. Odds of the thousand to one against I find him in them. So now you got to make up your minds. We're live la- la- ones the last one's alive, the last one's alive. Thought it was like a flame in his mind, the numbness was gone now. As coldness furls with a warm body. But there came to him a second form, a horrible, fear-born thought, which he dared not say aloud, even to Sandy. A man can't live alone without hearing another human voice, without seeing another human face. A oh, man make, make, is it made that way. He's only got two choices now, just two, suicide and madness. Which would it be? Suicide or madness? Suicide or madness? Uh, he sat there for a long, long time, his mind a jumble decision. Then at last he thought, I don't want to become mad. The way is best. We make it easy. Carbon monoxide would be the easiest way. But suddenly there was a churning, twisting his stomach as though he was being squeezed by a giant hand. Golly, son, we've got to eat. We haven't eaten for two days. And to himself, he said, This is our last meal, the last we've, we will have, ever have. He tried looked, took the puppy's arm and Sally followed. He spied a huge sign not far away. Cafarello is a magnificent restaurant, a carpeted cabinet aid entrance reminding him the front of the soldier's palace. Three days ago he'd been foolish enough to come into the city. Then he'd have rushed past it with his hand protecting his book, hardly daring to look within the least of stiff-shed high-chained waitress and patrons thinking him a country bunker. But now, well, why not? The end was for the vast built dining hall, with its monitored white cuffed tables, potted palms, its monolithic chrome bar, chrome bar, the wall. walls are decorated with solid, soft-hued, multicolored murals, depicting the rays of first civilization, first of pioneers, the cowboys, and a factory scene, a war scene, and finally a group of spacemen, entering a moon-bound rocket. Martin's thoughts made a wheezing sound of admiration. What a place, huh, Sunny? We should have gone here a long time ago. Then he spied a jukebox. There's one of them smears machines. It's all lit up. You reckon the power's still on, Martin. They'd always wanted to play a jukebox, but Nichols back home was scarce he posed his lip. Why not Sandy? Nichols don't mean much now. this is going to be our last meal, you might as well enjoy it. He said a quarter after a few moments of pushing his this and that button. The it played, it was song of the stars. And latest hit vibrant full Rank Nick But not all not at all like his screeching for the second hand video he once owned once. And then he listened, he strode to the bar, not that he was a drinking man. He occasionally had a cold beer on a Saturday evening. That's all, but now there's a dozing array of bottles glittering for him. No one will miss it now. He told Sandy, pour himself three fingers of Scotch, and downed it. Firstly, ah, a long time since I did anything like that. Now see what's in the kitchen. and uh, still on the refrigerator humming, and the mountains glaze wandered with the over red juicy tea steaks, over dressed chickens, turkeys, rabbits, hams. Reckon we're too not too hungry to wait for chicken. He dawned. guess tea bones would be nice for the last meal. How are you, Sandy? and Bart, dinner was almost ready, fried tea bone mashed potatoes, and dark gravy caviar, some kind of soup with a fishy taste, apple pie with an, uh, strawberry ice cream, chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream, maple nut, tutti frutti, nut ice cream, pineapple ice cream, and coffee. I just set up that and puffed it on his 50C cigar. You know, Sandy, it would always be it wouldn't always be like this. A couple of weeks there wouldn't be any more powder. Food was spoil. There'd only and there'd be only cancer. of You found hopefully. Perhaps we'd been wrong. Perhaps if it was not the best way. You'd have to make a few pleasures. Have a few pleasures the next day or two. If madness didn't come, madness did start to come well. A sleek sim line yet job Your reveal of automobiles not an n monstrosity like the fifty one Coupé he once had been dry he'd been he'd been driving. He stared through the window the teardrop lines, the broad transparent top the shiny chrome and gold. We should be thinking about such things, Sandy. We should be thinking about all those people. Those poor people died. All the men and women and children. The instant's grief welled up within him. A cold, almost sickening grief. But abruptly it came to an imper personal, remote kind of grief. It's like a 4th of July rocket shooting out a blinding tail of crimson. Then bursting, his body crumbling into a thousand pieces. A thousand tiny sparks falling and fading and dying. They all they knew it was coming, didn't they, Sandy? They didn't very, didn't try very hard to stop it. He looked again at the car. Reckon it won't be go any harm to see how it runs. Oh know, if we're going mad, you might as well enjoy ourselves first. The wind display in a short shot fascinating him. There were guns and rising rods and fur iron coat, jackets, shiny boots and bright woolen wooden shirts and sun goggles and camp stoves. And don't reckon the guns do us much good, Martin murmured. Seeing as hell there's anything left alive, Said to us. Might be fun to shoot them up though. I remember when I was a kid, I used to shoot windows out of old houses. He chuckled softly. His gaze traveled to the fishing equipment golly Sally, I bet that there's fish left in the oceans guests never touched there. us there in the cave I bet the fish or a lot of or a lot of them escaped too he got this at with his thin jaded faded shirt dirty khaki trousers and worn scuffle shoes and clean as clean bright woolen clothes in the window would be nice very nice on cool nights might even have a dog clothes in there he said maybe a dog sweater uh uh-uh. Uh, uh. Sandy barked eagerly. He squatted on the floor of the travel office, so anybody see a crisp, scory coloured posters and pamphlets. What a place this old earth was, the pyramids of Egypt, the Tower of London, Washington Moment, Florida of Everglades, the Arch of the Triumph. The Eiffel Hotel, Yosemite Valley, Boulder Dam, the Wall of China, the Edison Park, Suez Canal, Premier Canal, No. the the Why it would all take a life, to see them all. You know what i a man doesn't go mad from being alone, you can see a lot of things. You can travel anywhere in the continent. It's got an inch car. You think, well, we could get, get parts of other cars get gas out of the other tanks there's plenty of canned food anywhere now at least a lifetime a dozen lifetimes why you could walk right into washington right in the white house see the present lived go to hollywood and see how they used to make pictures Oh, go to them telescope places look at the stars of course there'd be bodies almost everywhere a year or so they'd be gone oh, all set of bones which would never hurt anybody nobody he scratched his neck thoughtfully why would you would you have to stay on this constant? Even you would find a little boat and sail up the coast of Alaska and cut off across to Asia, it's only fifty miles, they say. But you should, could go down to China, India, and Africa, Europe. Why a man could go any place in the world alone. So he became. Then he his face. The pup released a nervous, eager bark. It more like a yip, yip than a bark. That's right, Sally. I'm not alone, am I? No more than I ever, ever was, really. Never liked to talk to people anyway. You're only two years old. You live live for ten, maybe twelve years yet. You and the pup, maybe longer than I will. He rose, frowning it's strange. There was a grief and loneliness within him. He knew they would be within him forever, but to there too was an overgrowing peace and contentment. Satisfaction, a sense of still belonging to Earth, you're part of it. Strangest of all, you realize there's no madness in his mind, no seed of madness. You felt like a boy again, about to begin a wondrous journey through unexplored, enchanted lands to discover new marvels. He just left the treble office, sandy in a pup, barking, clamoring in his heels. You're saying, We're ha- so happy, so happy, don't want to reach the star. We're happy, always happy, just away." We are the end.